The sheriff turned to Clint, but his words were for her. Some say he's the best shot they've ever seen with a rifle or a handgun. I reckon if he says he'll keep you safe, he will, if that's all you want. She raised her head, and dull blue eyes as pale as summer clouds showed little sign of caring one way or the other what might happen to her. That's all I'll ever need, Sheriff. I'll ask for nothing more than he's offering. Well, Lightstone shrugged, I guess being safe is important. A thousand words floated unsaid in the air between them. Clint decided if Carissa wanted to keep her secrets and fears, he'd let her. Digging up memories wouldn't do either of them any good. He offered his hand, and to his surprise, she took it. He helped her stand, tucking her thin fingers against his elbow as they walked out. When he lifted her into the wagon, he couldn't believe how slender she was, skin over bones, nothing more. No one said a word until they got to Quaker House. Martha and James Adams had lived in Huntsville for as long as Clint could remember. They were good people who ran a small boarding house for women. While the sheriff waited with Carissa, Clint knocked on the door and then explained to Martha that his future wife needed a room. Martha hadn't been born with an ounce of curiosity, but the good Lord had doubled her up on kindness. She welcomed the thin woman in and hurried her off to a room. Clint waited in the parlor until Martha returned. I'll pay for her room when I get back tomorrow, if that's all right. We're marrying as soon as possible, then heading north. That's fine, Mr. Truman, only don't come to get her for a few days. That poor dear needs rest. He knew all about women birthing babies. He'd helped deliver both his daughters. How old is the baby? Two days, maybe less. He seems healthy, though small. She hesitated, then added, Your woman is still bleeding, Mr. Truman. Martha whispered her last few words, knowing women didn't talk to men about such things. If she travels north tomorrow, she won't make the journey. You'll pay me for three days, and she'll stay longer if need be. I'll see she gets the care she should have had the minute the baby was born. He nodded. Arguing with Martha would be like disagreeing with a saint. Tell my future wife that I'll be by for a visit tomorrow but it may take a few days to sell the land so she'll have to stay here. I don't want her thinking she's slowing us down. Martha seemed to understand. Come by for supper if you like. You'll be welcome. Clint smiled. I'll do that. It had been a long time since he'd been around kind folks, and it felt good. And I'll be sober. Martha smiled and winked. I wouldn't let you in if you weren't. Clint and Carissa were married by a judge at the courthouse four mornings later. The sheriff and Martha Adams were the only witnesses. Carissa wore her same gray traveling dress. She stood beside her new husband, feeling almost alive for the first time in eight months. 
She'd taken a long, hot bath every morning, as though it took several baths to wash away eight months of being unclean. She'd eaten all meals plus the morning breads and the afternoon tea cakes Martha insisted she have every day. When Carissa washed the dried blood and afterbirth off the baby that first night at Quaker House, she'd studied him by candlelight, amazed at how perfect he was. One of the women in the prison helped her deliver, but there had been no clean water for either of them to wash afterward, and Carissa had been afraid to say anything or the warden might not have let her leave. What brought the baby to her had all been ugly, but he was wonderful. She thought back about the rape, the murder, her arrest, her time in prison. Someone she'd trusted had attacked her, then lied, and somehow she'd lost everything, her friends, her job.